You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. This morning it might seem strange that a preacher would bring a book with him to the pulpit and um, uh, this book is very special to me I looked for it for a long time I had a copy and lost it and then on this trip um, down in st. Stephen visiting with brother Brewer he come to me with his hand behind the back and he said I knew that you were missing this and that you would love to have a copy and um, so this little blue book has been talked about a number of times in the West. I've referred to it as the blue book where Brother Sham, in teaching a spiritual gifts class because the book is entitled Spiritual Gifts for a Dynamic Church written by Brother George Sham. That would be Lyndon and Alan's father was the teacher of spiritual gifts in Bible college. Um, I don't know how I got in, but I got into Bible college in the fall of a year. I got in church the December before. I think you're supposed to be in church for at least a year. But anyway, I was a new convert and in some senses still dealing with things and so on, but really wanted to be used of the Lord. I started in the Fredericton Church as their outreach director in my second year of Bible college and thank that church to this day for giving me the opportunity to spend my first five years of ministry in doing nothing but teaching Bible studies full-time and reaching people, and it gave me such a launch. The opening of this book is a note. It's um, Dear Brother McKean, we appreciate you and your ministry. May this book be a blessing to you, Brother George Shom, October the 16th, 1981. And so I'm thinking the book must have been very new, 1981, because I was in Bible college at that particular time. And in a certain class, there had been a uh, a, a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost, a worship time, a praising the Lord time. And um, uh, in that praising the Lord time and that worship time, I stepped out and endeavored to be used in the Spirit and made a mistake. It's 41 years later, and I hold this book in my hand like Brother George Shaw with those young preachers, and I could name a number of them, and you know them in ministry today. And he stood there and, and just so respectfully waited until the Holy Ghost had ministered to a number of us. To tell you the truth, Brother Carter, if there was a hole in the floor out of that place, I would have run for it and got out of there. But the elder was wise enough that he stood there and he made these following comments with this book in his hand, said, we saw a wonderful thing happen today. I'm thinking, maybe you, but not me. <laughs> he said, we saw a wonderful thing happen today. We saw Henry endeavor to be used in the things of the Spirit. Keep it up, boy. Keep reaching. Keep trusting. Keep stepping out. Amen. Praise God. This morning I'm going to talk to you a lesson that I've not preached before. I have a filing cabinet full, probably two filing cabinets full of preaching material, and rarely do I open them now. 
I guess, you know, 41 years later and working in a district where many of the churches are new and most of the preachers by shore are bivocational and um, very few have had the opportunity to go to Bible school. I guess, in a sense, Brother Carter, we are the Brother Shalm. We're on this side of the podium now. And this morning, um, I'm going to preach and talk to you about the rest of Pentecost. The rest of Pentecost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Beside the Carters, I know that through the congregation this morning, there are other people, maybe Bible school students and so on, that knew us. If I don't recognize you, consider it a compliment in the sense that I remember the people that gave me trouble. Okay? I remember the people that gave me trouble. And with that in mind, I'll just say that Sister Bonnie over here was our uh, maid of honor in our wedding. And I, I remember Sister Bonnie over there. Amen. Praise God. And everybody said, she must have given them trouble. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, in this service this morning, again, I would have to say that I really think that we need to get a hold of, could it be that the Lord has this man in this pulpit, ministering from his perspective of mainly in homes and in storefront opportunities to have church, in very humble places where we see the work of the Lord happen. One particular instance was um, uh, Beaumont, Alberta, that's South Edmonton, and a man that had been introduced to Pentecost a long, long time ago as a young person had been around church and knew enough to know the right way to go back to church and so on, but he had spent a lot of years out of the house of the Lord and um, got hungry for God and um, prayed back through in his living room, and that spread to family members and neighbors. And they called me and said, um, we got about 25 people here out of this man deciding to get back to the Lord. I immediately said, well, what church was he connected? And I checked with the churches that would have been back there, and nobody could remember this particular man. And so I responded to the invitation. I went into this living room situation with no music, no pulpit, just a crowded living room. Amen. Praise God. And I've learned that we are laborers together with God. Amen. Praise God. I have learned a couple things in my ministry. They're this simple. There is a God, and I'm not him. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. There is a God, and I'm not him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He just gets us on sight. High-level Alberta, way up there. If I leave my home in Calgary, I'm going to drive 13 to 14 hours to get to high-level Alberta, just in the province of Alberta. And I can get up there. And immigrant people that came from other nations to work in the service industry kind of got connected in town, had no preacher. And so simply they started praying and opening their Bible and reading. Amen. Praise God. I'm here to tell you I thank the Lord for our beautiful facilities. And I thank the Lord for the United Pentecostal Church. But I thank God. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord that he's out there in far-flung places. Amen. Praise God. Just like that man, those individuals were to go into the city and find a man carrying a pitcher of water. The Lord had a place already arranged. We simply need to do our part. Amen. Praise God. Go into the city and you'll find a colt tied and go and loose him. If anybody says anything about it, you simply say, the Lord hath need of him. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you the days of miracles and the days of God cracking open opportunities for the church. Amen. I realized this morning that for your people that work with the daughter works, they'll probably get more out of this. But let me tell you, I, I feel like the Lord would have me step out in bold in the Holy Ghost with some ways that I introduce people, I, I connect with people. We're living in a day where you obviously have to approach people positively in order to get a positive response. If you approach people negatively, you're going to get a negative response. And so um, I, I've got some passages of Scripture here this morning that I've pulled together. Amen. Praise God. And if you're in this place this morning and you are weary in your journey, I want you to listen to the preacher this morning. Amen. Praise God. I want to tell you, hallelujah, the enemy might have thought that he could take you out and he could not take you out. You were too stubborn. You're going to keep going to church. But the enemy shifts his gear sometime and he tries to wear people out. Those people he could not knock out, he's simply trying to tire them out and you're weary in your journey and I'm coming after you this morning. Amen. Praise God. I'm coming down the aisle just like I would in a living room with a Bible study with some experiences that I've had that I would relate to people and I find that there is a, a, a pandemic even in Pente Pentecostal circles where people are uncertain as to whether or not they're saved. I'm telling you something, I'm going to get bold in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to come against the very thinking, amen, praise God, that would keep people from thinking that they're saved. Down there in Sham, Cook, New Brunswick, we would dig the clams and put them in our sack and carry them over to the clam factory. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We'd carry them over to the clam factory and the fellows would be standing there waiting to sell their clams and I would stand be uh, beside my stepfather and a guy behind him just for conversation's sake would say, what do you know for sure? What do you know for sure? I'm asking the church today, what do you know for sure? Amen. Praise God. In a shaking world, in an uncertain time, what do you know for sure? I'm coming your way this morning. I want to talk to weary people. I want to talk to people that don't even know if they're saved. I want you to leave this place today knowing, amen, praise God, that not only God have a hold of you, he's planned to do a work through you. Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to a third group of people this morning, and those are people that have in their individual walk, they've got stuff coming up be from behind. Uh, there's uh, wondering about forgiveness, wondering about, uh, can I be delivered? I'm telling you something, I'm going to get bold in the Holy Ghost. I'm coming against weakness. I'm coming against tiredness. I'm coming against wondering if you're even in with the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning and I might as well step out. Amen. Praise God and believe God we've got this time together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's got something good and powerful he's planned to do in this meeting this morning. In 41 years, surely I should have learned something. Surely I could have, should have learned something. I've learned that when you strike oil, quit drilling. 
That's for the preachers. Amen. Praise God. You know, we Pentecostal preachers, we got a problem just like Peter had in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Amen. Praise God. And you read there, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Remission of sin, you shall receive the gift of the Holy. Go a little bit further, and, and it says, and with many other words. Now, I'm telling right now, I know Brother Carter or any of these other preachers don't go over with many other words, but Peter had that problem, and I have that problem. And with many other words did he say, save yourself from this untoward generation. I'm talking to you this morning in an untoward world, hallelujah, where the world is pulling so strong in our young people. There is a way to save yourself from this untoward generation, and it's under the power of the Holy Ghost. When I first came to the Lord, somebody gave me a card, a Christmas card, and on the front of the card it said, Peace on earth, goodwill toward man. I read the card and I thought, not my world, not where I'm coming from, not my abusive background, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. And the word toward stood out to me. Peace on earth, goodwill toward man. Amen, praise God. I'm telling you something, no matter how much of a rough world you're coming from or living in, there is peace on earth, goodwill toward man. But you need to get in the firing line of the word. Hallelujah, praise God. And you need to realize and understand there's something coming down the pipeline. Down the pipeline. Amen, praise God. I've learned a little bit about this Pentecostal move uh, for you people that are younger in ministry and so on. I'm concerned about this um, whole reality of how we need to have people stepping out. Do you remember in the days where people would step out in the Holy Ghost? Do you remember those days? Amen. Praise God. I remember in the Fredericton Church there was a Sister Johnson that came on the church bus and, and um, uh, service would get to going and she'd step out in the Holy Ghost. She'd hang on to the end of the pew. Amen. Praise God. But she would have a powerful move of God. She'd be stepping out in the Holy Ghost. When do you know that it's right to step out? When do you know when you're in a home and you're trying to reach people and, and uh, you, you don't want to chase them off or be too much light at the same time and so on? When do you know that it's right to step out? I'm talking to Pentecostal church this morning. I've learned something along the way. When you're stepping out will cause an attraction toward people worshiping the Lord, crying out to God, feeling after the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you're stepping out, it's going to cause a distraction wherever everybody's head turns and watches you have a Holy Ghost fit and so on. I tell you what, you just hold back and let the preaching of the word of the Lord and the presence of God start to minister. Amen. Praise God. And what we need is a stepping out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where there's a little higher level of worship and a, a little um, I'm loosening up in the Holy Ghost. And you're just creating a situation where people are attracted to be themselves. When we first started in Calgary, our church son I was remarking on your church sign. Our church sign was this big, that tall, on the glass doors in an office complex. People would come to the service and I would thank them for finding us. I'd meet them at the door. I'd say, well, thank you very much for finding us. I realized it was a bit of a task and trial. But since you're here, 
Since you're here, amen, praise God. Let's believe God has got something powerful that he wants to do. Would you like to stand with me just to change position? Amen, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm talking to you this morning about a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking to you this morning about how it needs to happen in your daughter churches and in your Bible studies. I'm talking to you this morning, amen, praise God, that uh, uh, souls and babies are not very easily transferred, and you need to get skillful, amen, praise Praise God. When God has given you a contact and a hungry heart, amen, praise God. I tell you, all I do these days is I just travel around collecting prayer requests. I meet them at the door at the church and I say, listen, if God was to do something powerful for you today or something special for you today, what would that be? And people will tell me, well, I'll tell you what, I've got this situation, I've got that situation. And when I go pray for them in the altar, I do not pray for them to repent or turn their life to the Lord and become a tithe payer. I don't pray about that. I don't pray about that. I don't even pray for them to receive the Holy Ghost. What I pray for, I meet them at their point of need. Amen. Praise God. I've learned some things in the West concerning this whole oil business. I thought I would tell you some about that this morning. But I want to read this passage. 2 Chronicles chapter 15, if you would please. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. Oded was a prophet. Azariah was a young man. He's second generation. The Spirit of God comes upon him. And he went out to meet the king, Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. They just had a measure of breakthrough, conquering over the folks in the land at that particular time. The Lord is with you. While you be with him, and if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Amen. Rather straightforward. I like the second generation factor of this. I like the fact that the next generation is picking up and establishing. Amen. Praise God. Go if you would to verse 4. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. Amen. Verse 7, if you would please. Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Amen. In verse 8, and when Asa heard these words, and the prophecy of Oded, Bible scholars, did you just notice? When Asa the king heard these words from the second generation, and the prophecy of the father, amen, praise God, and of the elders, the prophet, he took courage. And he put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar. He took out what was wrong and he brought in what was right. Amen. Praise God. Jump down to verse 14, if you would please. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets. Do you see Pentecost in this? Spirit of God upon him. Amen. Praise God. The prophet, the, the son of the prophet. This, if you will be with the Lord and stick with him, he'll be with you. Amen. Take out the wrong and put in the right. Amen. Look at verse 14, if you would. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judea rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them and watch. And the Lord gave them rest round about everywhere because they had made a commitment 
and they're not going to leave out the Lord, and they're going to stick with God. Because they made a commitment to the young man with the Spirit of God upon him. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says in that verse, He was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you may be seated. The oil business. The oil business. Amen. All of the East knows about um, oil in the West. Right now, currently, we're having difficulty getting the oil to market. The third richest oil supply on earth is in the west of Canada. Our challenge is to get it out of there, and so now they're building a pipeline with a whole lot of difficulty, and they're getting it to the BC coast and getting it on vessels. And then they're taking it all the way down through the side of North America and coming through the Panama Canal and then up the eastern seaboard to a place called St. John, New Brunswick, so that you people will have some natural gas. Would be great if we had more pipelines. I'm not here in a political battle, but I'm telling you the problem is not the supply of oil. The problem is getting the oil to market. Amen. Praise God. Getting it to the place of need. Now listen, I'm respecting the environment. I just don't know how long it will be before they're able to plug in that super jet that I came from Calgary to Montreal on. Three, uh, uh, three seats here and four in the middle and three on the other side and several feet long. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get down the road to plug in that in at night so that it's ready to go in the morning. It's going to take a while. And so we've still got the oil resource. Relax, relax, relax. Amen. Praise God. The story of oil in Alberta, I, I, I've had time to think about it. It's really quite something. There was a source of supply in southern Alberta and um, Turner Valley, just south of Calgary. But it was being depleted. It was the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. And so um, uh, Imperial Oil went looking and trying to discover some more um, uh, uh, wells, and they got to digging and so on. They went over to Saskatchewan and punctured it almost to death. Okay. And um, they put, if they could translate the value of money that they put into trying to find another source, another opportunity for the oil business, it would be $198 million to try to find another place to have oil in the West. At the 132nd attempt... A fella that they now call Hunter, and it's quite appropriate. He wasn't hunting deer or um, other things, but he was hunting for more oil. And he had tried 132 different times. And the company was getting, you know, this is costing us a lot of money. He said, well, let's try one more time. Went back into Alberta to what's called Leduc, south of Edmonton and drilled the 133rd time in November of 1946 and struck oil, and now we have the third largest resource of oil in all the world. But the problem is getting it to market. 
The problem is seizing that opportunity. Amen. Praise God. The lesson there, folks, this morning about um, Hunter is that in Pentecost, we do not need to give up. We need to keep on drilling. Come on. 132 times. A lot of cost, a lot of effort. Amen. And, and that sticking with it and that staying with it. There's a beautiful story in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 2, 3, and 4, and most Bible readers would know the story. All I've got is just a little bit of oil, she said to the prophet. And the prophet said, what you need to do is you need to go and find all the empty containers that you can and bring empty containers. Now, I'm the wild young preacher that I was preaching at one church. They had a church kitchen and lots of pots and lots of pans. I sent people to the church kitchen. Go get the pots and pans. Bring them up here. Put them on the altar. Bring all those empty containers. They thought that I was absolutely crazy. Amen. Uh, and so get the story. You bring those empty containers and then you start pouring that little bit of oil that you get and you do not stop pouring. And as long as you have empty containers, you're going to be in the oil business. I'm telling you something in the spirit this morning. You need to understand that it is not what we have that attracts God. It's what we collect together that knows that they're empty. There are people in this service this morning. Oh, you've got to understand. You've got to understand the importance of every church service. Amen. That this is a fueling station. This is, this is energy. This is life. This is the source that keeps us going. Amen. Praise God. And what happens, a lot of people are stuck on E. I don't see a lot of change, actually, in Brother Carter. His driving is still as fierce as it always was. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that in. Right. Amen. Praise God. And I'm telling you something. In pastoring, you learn very, very quickly that people come into the sanctuary wore out and tired. The battles, the struggles, amen, praise God. The difficulty, the, the situations of family and friends and, and the situation of just trying to keep prayed through and tanked up, amen, praise God. I'll tell you something how important it is for the worship service, amen, praise God, because what happens is people come in to the sanctuary, Lord, I believe, and like me, they put up their other hand and say, I'm lying. <laughs> Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Amen. Praise God. I love a passage of scripture where it tells us that the disciples went to the place where Jesus had appointed them and when they got there, they worshipped. But the Bible is so honest and it says, but some doubted. And I like the response of the Lord. I like how he responded. He didn't step up to them and say, how could you doubt all this teaching, all this opportunity to hear and watch miracles and so on. He didn't do that. Here's what he did when these people did what they were supposed to do and continued to worship. I'm telling you, you're in this sanctuary this morning because you knew that it was right to come. Amen. Praise God. And you're worshiping the Lord when you're here. But inside, I don't have to go very far because in every situation, every home has got troubles and dark situations and doubt. My brain is in the shape of a question mark. I'm absolutely sure. It snaps in place. And here's what Jesus did. I'm going to pull the mic away. Here's what Jesus did. He stepped into the picture and said, All power yeah. 
in heaven and earth is given unto me. Get back to work. Go ye therefore. Amen. Praise God. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on what you're plugging into. It doesn't depend on how, si- how sizable your, 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 your fish plant is when you're fishing. Amen. Praise God. It depends on the fact that the Word of God. We need to understand. I, I, they refer to me as being involved in soul winning and so on. Let me tell you something. I learned something. I learned that people that are dead in their trespasses and sin are dead. No response. None. None. <laughs> you invite them to church, and they, they don't respond. You stand at the door. You're waiting for them to come five or six times. They told you they'd come, and they're not here. Amen. You've got to understand something. They don't have the ability. They are dead in their trespasses and sin. Amen. Praise God. When Jesus spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth, he did not come forth out of the strength of Lazarus, but rather out of the spoken word of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't underestimate the importance of preaching and sharing the word of God. Hallelujah. And planting the seed of the word of the Lord, because I'm telling you something, that's how people are stirred and brought back into hearing. Amen. Praise God. And responding. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stuck on empty. Stuck on on empty. Yes, stuck on empty. One of the ways that I relate to people in that positive fashion concerning the Holy Ghost and the need for the Holy Ghost is I tell them, I'll quote Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, where it tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'll get bold and I'll tell them, listen, if you need more righteousness, let me tell you what you need. You need more Holy Ghost. Just like you got your hand on that cup of Tim Horton's coffee, I told the St. Stephen Church that coffee went out in my life with um, cigarettes. <laughs> relax, relax. But some of you, you drive by and you get your Tim Hortons coffee and you put this in it and that in it and so on. And, and, and just like that, in the kingdom of God, amen, praise God, you've got to understand the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you need more righteousness, you need more Holy Ghost. Come on, you need more Holy Ghost. You said, oh, uh, 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 you're, 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 you're rattling my cage. I'm telling you something. Even if you could live victoriously out of your own strength, what an insult to Calvary's cross that would be. What an insult to Calvary's cross. I'm telling you something. Right, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You need more joy in your life. You need more peace in your life. You need more Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. And as you open yourself up to praising the Lord, here's something I learned along the journey. Everything that you receive from God, you receive from God by thanking Him. God inhabits the praises of His people. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I tell people, open yourself up like a funnel. Amen. Praise God. Reach up to the Lord. He's reaching down to you. Get yourself in the pipeline direction. Amen. Praise God of the Word of God and reach out to the Lord. You can't find a place in Scripture where somebody was reaching out to the Lord and he went in another direction. He's coming down towards your avenue, towards your life. John the Baptist said it straight. He made it plain. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is 
is at hand. The only proper response to the kingdom of heaven being in the service, the power of God, the blessing of the Lord is repentance. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. As you reach out to the Lord, as you confess your need of the Lord, I'm telling you something, the power and the presence of God will come running over in your direction. Hallelujah. And all you need to do is add to your experience this morning. You said, but I'm weary. I'm wore out. I said, repent. Call out to the Lord. Say to the Lord, I've been trusting too many other things. You're obviously trying to teach me through this sentence of death. Amen. Praise God through this difficult situation that I should trust in the Lord. Amen. Praise God who raiseth from the dead. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you something. Oh, hallelujah. You might say to yourself, well, I, 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 I've lived my journey not even knowing for sure if the Lord were to come today or if I was to go to meet the Lord. I don't really know if you're ready. I'm telling you something. Pentecost needs to address that. That is a big problem in all kinds of other churches. Because they don't have the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, with the power of the Holy Ghost, the presence of God in the service on a Sunday morning, and the presence of the Lord is touching people, we don't have a problem with feeling like we're saved. What you need to do is take more Holy Ghost home with you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Make your home a place where the Holy Ghost can be poured out. The presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and verse 12, if you would. I know this is a common passage, but here's what I share in people's homes. Here's what I tell preachers. Preachers, if you're trying to have church and affect lives, and you're leaving out the move of the Holy Ghost, you've got a big problem when you read this particular passage of Scripture, because it says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, verse 12. Amen. And this is the rest. Wherewith you will cause the weary to rest. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you something. I'm, I want you to understand. Brother Lyndon Shaw was the uh, principal the last two years I was in Bible college. And, and he would tell us, young fellas, before you go preach, find yourself a place of prayer and plug into the power of the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues for about 15 minutes. Let the Holy Ghost give you rest and recharge your batteries. Amen. Praise God. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. It's just normal in this present struggle where you're in a tug of war between good and evil and you make two steps forward and you're pulled backwards and we're in this constant battle. Is there any hope? I'm telling you something. The hope is in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. This is the rest wherewith you will cause the weary to rest. I'm telling you something. You need to understand that what's happening when you're praying, you're trying to pray, you're trying to plug into God and I'm telling you what what you need to do, you need to praise the Lord, worship the Lord, use your playground voice, let the enemy hear what you're saying, amen, praise God, and tell the spirit world, amen, even if you do knock me down, I'm only going to bounce back, I'm only going to bounce back, I'm not giving up and going to church. In fact, I'm going to be the first one to the altar. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to be seeking the Lord. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Amen. John chapter 14 and verse 20. At that day. Come on now. Hallelujah. I taught this to a preacher that was trying to stand against our, our message and how uh, what we believe. And he said, when I was reading Acts chapter 2, verse 37, 38, 39, he said to me, I, I don't see it that way. 
I, it's just me. I'm just kind of whatever, bull in a china shop. I put my hand on my Bible. I turned my Bible around. I pushed it across the table. I pointed to the verses of Scripture. I said, well, read it and tell me which way you do see it. <laughs> and so he read it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. He read it. Then he read it again, looked at me and said, well, I guess I see it that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you something. It's still on the menu. The outpouring of the Spirit of God, the blessing. At that day, you shall know. You shall know. John chapter 14 is about the comforter of the Holy Ghost, the promise that he was going to come. There's a, a truth in the fact that you can be touched by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, used by the Spirit, amen, praise God, and still need to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Don't go around telling people they don't have anything if they don't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. At least they got enough brains to listen to us for a little bit. Amen. Praise God. And as we reach out to the Lord, hallelujah, we're showing people the way more perfectly and right there it said and you shall know that I am in my father you are in me and that I'm in you settled business I went to the altar I was weary and tired I went to the altar and I was struggling with my own flesh and so on but I reached up to God and I praised him until Holy Ghost poured all over my life amen praise God and I stayed there I stayed there and I got filled up with the presence and the power of God hallelujah praise God and I walked away from there and I was of a, 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 a surety that if the Lord came today amen praise God I'm ready to to meet the Lord. I'm testing you this morning. I'm causing you to think. You thought perhaps when I got talking about the rest of the Holy Ghost, I was going after brand new people. I'm telling you something. I'm coming down your lane whether you've been in this a week or a thousand months. I'm telling you this morning, amen, praise God, this is the rest wherewith we will cause the weary to rest. This is the experience, amen, praise God, will you leave with, I know, amen, praise the Lord that I've met the Lord. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, listen to just one more explanation. These are the ways I've stepped into people's lives. And um, I, I remember one particular fellow, it was in Bathurst actually, one particular fellow, he came to me and he basically tried to tell me that he thought perhaps that, um, you know, the struggles in his life was because somehow the enemy had possession or oppression or he was whatever and so on. I said, well, let's find out. Let's find out. He said, what do you mean? I said, lift your hands up. Say, I love you, Jesus. And keep saying it and we'll find out whether or not you're demon-possessed because the demon is not going to stay around in you while you praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And I'm telling you this morning, amen, just like that individual possessed with a whole lot of devils, he was still determined to go to praise God. You fix yourself in, I'm going to serve the Lord no matter how weak and tired. I'm going to serve the Lord no matter how much my brain twists into a question mark. Amen. Praise God. And I'm going to fix it. I'm going to the altar every time there's an opportunity. Amen. Pray. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Now, I told you about Shamcook, and i got another couple of minutes. Let me tell you about Shamcook. Back in those days, I'm sure the environment people would not allow this today. We would take an old car, rip the doors off it, <laughs> take out the glass, and we would use that as a doom buggy. It was a whole lot better than filling sacks full of clams and pushing them on a bicycle across the muddy beach. 
And so we had a dune buggy. It was once a family car, but we converted it into... <laughs> and I, I tell you what, I kind of enjoyed spinning around in the seaweed and up over the boulders and so on. We converted the purpose. Repent and decide you're going to live for a different reason. Just like we took that car and we converted it into another purpose. Amen. Praise God. You have gone from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen. Praise God. You move from serving one king in one domain. And I've decided I'm going to live for Jesus Christ in the church. Amen. Praise God. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, I started in the ministry before. Now, some of you are going to have a hard time relating to this. Raymond Woodward did the church bulletin with Letraset. I'm just listening to see who knows what Letraset was. Where you bought it at the um, stationery store and letter by letter, the Fredericton Church was called First United Pentecostal Church, and he would scribble out the F. And then the I and the R and the S and the T. And we put that on an old Gestetner, okay? And, and you fill it with ink and you crank that thing and then we get the church bowl. I lived back in the day before iPads and iPhones and computers and all that sort of thing. And I started in the ministry with whiteout. I'm just sharing my testimony. I'm just sharing my testimony, Okay. And today, when you're preparing a lesson, you can cut and paste. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. If you know how, you can make two screens and, and dispose of certain points for the next time. Okay? Cut and paste. But in those days, it was whiteout. If you wanted to change the order, if you wanted to move things around, you would have to take some whiteout and, and paint it out. And I tell you something, I was excited about preaching the word. I couldn't wait for that stuff to dry. I waved that above my head. I blew on it. I did everything I could trying to get that. And many, many times I would go to trying to write in that wet whiteout. And what a mess. Does anybody relate? You've got to be over 50, but you, you relate. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And, 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 and I would try to write in it, and my hands, my hands... Okay, I had to praise the Lord this way because it looked quite silly, white out. White. Um, my Thompson Chain Reference Bible would have white out over the black on the cover and so on and so on. I got you thinking now, repent and be converted that your sins would be blotted out. A, a presence of the Lord that would be so wet and so fresh that the enemy couldn't write in it. And... And, and victory is happening in the presence of the Lord. Repent and be converted that your sins will be blotted out, may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. If you're in the sanctuary this morning and you're weary and you're tired, you need the Holy Ghost. You said, well, I got it back in 63. I said, you need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. You said, you're judging me. I'm saying, I'm doing you a favor this morning and telling you, you need to get under the fountain. Amen. Praise God. You're fighting battles that you cannot fight on your own. You need the presence of the Lord. If you're in the sanctuary this morning, I don't care how long you've been traveling in Pentecostals early, and you don't know for sure. Amen. Praise God. You're standing with the Lord. Why don't you linger in his presence? 
presence and say, God, I don't want to live that way. I want to feel your power and presence. I want to feel your closeness. Amen. If you're dealing with the enemy trying to write in your life and change your testimony, I'm telling you something. You need to get into the refreshing of the presence of the Lord and get that wet experience. I close with one last story. I was pastoring in McNamee. Brother Dudley was on the platform. 60 years of ministry, he was sitting on the platform, and I was preaching across the platform and coming toward him, and I was talking about the shield of faith. In Bible times, a shield would have been wooden and overcovered with um, wet hides, and those wet hides would quench the fiery darts of the wicked. <laughs> I'm coming across the platform. Brother Dudley's sitting over there. He looked at me. Where'd you get that? I thought, oh my, oh my, the elder, he thinks I've got some strange thought. And he caught himself. He said, I didn't mean where did you get that? I meant where did you get that? <laughs> okay, I'm telling you something. I'm here to tell you that if you're dealing with fiery darts of the enemy, you need your experience to be fresh and wet with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.